This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. All right, welcome. Hour number three is upon us. Uh, Pam Knutson joining us now, and we're going to talk about Airbnb and some of the moves that they are making. Pam, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. And and I apologize. I don't know that I have in my notes exactly you know, who you are with or where you're from, so if you could explain that, that would help me out immensely. Sure. Uh, I am the director, uh, senior director of compliance services with a company called Avalara. We handle transactional tax, like yep. lodging tax, yep. building you, tax. I, you know stuff. what? D- I'm dumb. I've talked to you before, so welcome back. Thank yeah. you for that. I, now I, now no I remember, problem. so thank you very much. Yep, I know exactly who you are. Thank you. No problem. All right, so tell us what's going on with Airbnb. I know they've made some moves on, uh, they've done some temporary bans on parties and major events and so on. What are they looking at there as far as a permanent basis? Uh, well, I can't really speak for Airbnb. I can talk a little bit about, you know, some of the trends that we're seeing sure, that's you know, fine. across the country. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of work being done around looking at, um, you know, like not allowing single night rentals when it's related to an, a specific event like a concert gotcha. or a festival gotcha. or something. You know, to really kind of try and avoid or minimize the chance that somebody uses a short-term rental as a party house. Because uh, that's what neighbors don't want to have happen. So if they, you know, if they require a rental for more than just a single night, then there's less likelihood that that's going to happen. And by the way, it's not just usually the neighbors; it's sometimes even the owner of the, of the, uh, you know, short-term rental property that don't want it either. Exactly, they don't want it either because they, you know, this is an investment for them. They Correct. want to protect that investment. Correct. Yeah, they don't want, you know, we. Anybody that has any kind of common sense would not want to have, I mean, it'd be like your own home. Would you want to have a bunch of people come in, do a party, have a bunch of stuff going on where you may not even know what, you know, activities are even happening or how things are going to be torn up? So, yeah, I mean, the neighbors are one thing, but really ownership is the same same side of the aisle. Exactly. It absolutely is. So, again, they want to protect their investment. They want to be good part of the community and good neighbors. So across the board, it's the safe and the, you know, the reasonable thing to do. So if you, if you, and by the way, I would predict that this probably will occur. I think, I don't know that the short-term rental companies, you know, really to keep things on the up and up and keep that business model moving forward. I'm not sure they have much choice, but to enact that, how do you think that affects business for them or will it? Um, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, again, to your point, a lot of the short-term rental owners, I mean, they want to protect their investment as well. So, you know, for them, this is a, an additional safeguard that makes it easier for them. And they don't have to be the ones saying no, because it's just built into the booking platform that says, nope, you can't do this for a single night. 
So, you know, it really encourages people to come in because they want to see their, they want to be there, they want to see the community, they want to learn more about it. So, you know, it, it, it promotes almost return visiting because yes. you learn to like the community yes. that you've gone to. Yeah, and I agree with that. And by the way, the other thing it may do, not that Airbnb investments aren't already high, but, you know, I think one of the things that does keep some from owning short-term rentals is that fear of, well, is my place going to get, you know, because we all see those stories, you know, we're gonna, is my place going to yep. get trashed one weekend because somebody rents it and invites a bunch of extra people over and, you know, where I rented it to four people, now there's 20 there. I mean, all these other horror stories, we've we've seen them, it, it happens. And in some cases, these, these individuals may be uh, even if they own one, maybe they sort of pull back from owning others because of what I just said. This might actually increase, you know, short-term rental ownership, which I, which I realize has a whole other side to it. And we're not going to get into. Uh, I frankly, yeah. you know, own one, so I mean, I might as well put the disclaimer out there. I own one, and I would own more. Um, and by the way, Pam, I'm one where if this gets, you know, instituted, it becomes more of an incentive to own more because there's less risk for me. Exactly. And with that and with the technology that's out there now that allows you to monitor yep. noise levels in your house, that it, you know, cameras that allow you to see the outside of your house, so right. you can see how many people are parking there. I mean, all of these pieces are coming into play that really help the short-term rental owner manage it in a way that protects their investment and protects the reputation within the community. One of the trends we're seeing, you know, here in Colorado especially, and I know it's probably happening in other parts of the country, which, by the way, I don't agree with. I'm a free market guy. I think the free market should dictate how many, you know, Airbnbs or VRBOs or short-term rentals are in a particular area and not government. I'm, I'm not that guy. I just think free market should should do that because I think to your what you said earlier, to your point, if done correctly – and, and I realize it has to be done correctly, but typically speaking, it is because most Airbnb, the owners of, know exactly what it takes to bring someone back. But to your point earlier, you do that correctly and you get people visiting to a lot of these towns and areas. That's a selling feature for them. It's nothing to be taken away. They should not be mad or envious of Airbnb owners, you know, of short-term rental owners. They should actually be embracing them as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, a big piece that all of these communities need to do is take a, a really holistic view of the impact of short-term rentals on their community. Um, and what, you know, if they view them as a problem, what is the problem that they view happening? And is it really going to solve for that if they limit them? You know, in some cases, you know, limiting them, you're going to decrease tax revenue. You'll decrease yep. revenue going to the local stores, venues, etc. cetera. Um, and, you know, in, is this house, uh, an option for a long-term rental for the people that they're they're thinking about, you know. Typically, this, you know, and here's you know. the answer to that, and I know exactly where you're going because a lot of these cities and counties worry about their own workforce and can they afford to live there and so on. Bottom line, you just said it, Pam. In most cases, that that unit that's getting, you know, that house or apartment or whatever it is that's getting rented, it's not going to be taken over by somebody that works in that area anyways because typically they're not going to be able to afford it. Exactly. That's one of the things that has to be considered is, you know, can the grocery clerk or the lift line operator or whatever it may be, can they actually afford this? You know, some communities have done, uh, taken an approach where they're not limiting the short-term rentals, but they've instituted a fee, like a $1,000 a year fee for a short-term rental. And that fee is specifically earmarked for um, affordable housing for those mm -hmm. communities. You know, that's an approach that sure. takes a look at it and says, let's take a look at the whole picture. Let's understand the economic benefit from these, and let's figure out how do we use that to actually yep. 
help the, the workers within the community. I wish more of them would do that versus just putting on moratoriums because what I've seen locally, and it's happening as we speak, Anytime they do a moratorium, all it does is push housing prices and everything there up higher. It's negating what they think they're gaining uh, in long-term rentals by doing that. So at the end of the day, nobody wins, Pam. That could very well be, yes. I mean, that's why communities really need to take a holistic view of what's really happening, what the economic impact is, what the impact is on the community, on the housing prices, on the tax base, everything, because it's not just ever mm. one thing. That's right. Pam Knutson again, Avalara, and again, Pam, thank you. And I, I apologize in the beginning. I knew exactly who you were once you started speaking, and I, I just didn't have that in my notes, and I apologize. But thank you so much for joining us. No I do appreciate thing. it very much. Anytime. Thank you, you. Thank you, Pam. And for those of you listening, part of that, sometimes when people book things, I don't have the exact names in my notes. That was the case here. They substitute people. And when they did, now that I've talked to her, I know exactly who she is and all of that. So, and again, she brings up some great points when it comes to uh, that, that area of, of short-term rentals, which, again, is that a big deal? Actually, in Colorado, it is. You would be surprised, even in this Denver metro area, how many short-term rentals there are. And yet we have cities like Denver, by the way, that will put a limit on short-term rentals and high fees on short-term rentals and all sorts of other things where they're trying to get into the pockets of owners and, by the way, the renters of those short-term rentals. And each one of these towns that does that, cities that does that, they think in the end that they're going to help out the low-income housing end of things. And I think you all can see up and down this whole front range, Denver included, it hasn't helped one iota. There is no easier place to go get a house or a room or whatever than there was prior to these moratoriums and things that have been put in by places like Denver, Breckenridge, Summit County, other places like that. Limiting and or putting high fees on them at the end of the day, it doesn't help the people that are trying to live in that particular area. So anyways, we'll come back. I've got some more to talk about before we get into Scott Garlis here in just one minute. So hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. Geno's Auto Service is next, and they want to help you with all of your vehicle needs. They'll get you fixed up, ready to go, keep you on the road, save you money at the pump. That's exactly what they do, and they will recommend the necessary services you need, which, by the way, are not always exactly what's in your owner's manual. 303-794-6700 or genosautoservice.com. Now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Air Conditioning Recharge Special. We're off to a very hot start to summer here in Colorado. Refrigerant in your air conditioning systems needs to be able to absorb heat to cool your vehicle's interior. But refrigerant gets contaminants, evaporates, and breaks down over time. We use a cooling machine that takes out the refrigerant, cleans it, and we put it back, topping off with Freon at the right level. Stay cool this summer by making sure your system is up to date and ready for this year's summer heat. As members of Colorado Auto Care will back it up with Napa's nationwide 36,000 miles or 36 months peace of mind warranty. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick it up when ready. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. 
All right, veteran windows and doors, have Dave out. And again, as I said earlier, see what he can do to help you, not just with the efficiency of your windows and doors, but there's things he can do to make it look better, function better, make the windows function better, make things more usable, make your home more usable. Lots of things. I learned a lot, by the way, of talking to Dave at Veteran Windows and Doors. Find him at klzradio.com or 303-529-0720. When you first heard about Veteran Windows and Doors, you were excited about their company culture. Finally, a company that treats you like a real person, that doesn't employ pushy sales reps or the use of high-pressure sales tactics. You've worked with the big national companies that focus on making the most sales and getting their products installed as quickly as possible. And you knew, after just one experience, that Veteran Windows and Doors isn't concerned with being the most profitable window and door company. Everything they did came back to their sincere intention to add value, comfort, and energy efficiency to your home through products and installation that they stand behind. Don't pay twice as much with a national brand, only to get a limited warranty. Pay an honest price and know your investment is covered for as long as you live in the home. Contact Veteran Windows and Doors at kldradio.com slash windows today or call 303-529-0720. That's 303 529 0720. Group insurance analysts for health, business, auto, home, home in the mountains, you name it, they can take care of you. It's e gia.com, 303 423 0162. Finding insurance can be confusing, and picking the wrong plan can cost you thousands of dollars out of your pocket. You need an independent insurance broker to help you find the best coverage that fits your needs and at the very best premium. Call Paul Lenigro at GIA Insurance and his team of independent insurance specialists will help you find the right plan for your needs. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. GIA never charges fees and your premiums will never be any higher than going directly to the insurance companies or buying online. Receive the local, hands-on service you don't get with a call center or going online. Whether it is your home, auto, Medicare, life, ACA health, or business insurance, GIA has got you covered. They have been doing this as independent brokers since 1984. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. I talked in the last hour with Joe called in as well, talking about you know the White House and what they think of what's going on and the fact that they'll keep telling you over and over again we're not in a recession, things are great, you know, just don't look at your your uh, spending and how much you're spending on things. You know, you need to look outside of that. And because we're not in a famine, we should be doing great. We should be thankful. I have a clip of somebody from the White House actually responding in that manner. Let me make sure my sound's up here. Here we go economy is uh, more resilient uh, to the to the types of challenges uh, that we faced uh, for example you know with respect to uh, food we're a net exporter of, of, of agricultural commodities and obviously the, the high prices are hitting Americans very hard but uh, they're that in in a way that is different from some places that are facing famine for example so just be glad we're not in a famine folks you know 
I'll always enjoy, by the way, not being facetious, but always enjoy when someone from the White House is responding to a question, and I can hear more of, it's a new language, by the way, it's a new White House language, hear more of that than words. Why is that? Because they don't know what to say. I truly believe some of the people speaking are actually thinking, hmm, how can I lie my way out of this one? And when you lie, you don't know what to say. Any of us that have raised kids know how that works. Ask your kid anything and you know they're lying and what answer do you get? It wasn't me. I didn't do it. Sounds like Joe Biden. It wasn't us. The economy's doing great. Don't look at that inflation number. That doesn't matter. Here, look over here. Let's go look at this shiny thing over here. Don't look at inflation. Don't look at the fact GDP's down. No, no, no. We got to look over here instead. I'll give you this shiny object instead. It's ridiculous. All right. Is it Dan? Is Dan next? Dan, you're next. Yeah. How you doing, John? Good, sir. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, my blood pressure's anyway. down a little. I'm okay. 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 Hey, uh, we were kind of talking about this and just yesterday, and we can kind of continue on. Um, the break point between the 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock hour that you guys have, uh-huh. uh, today he was talking about... Um, they were talking about the abortion and the medical research and everything else. And I was thinking about this. Instead of being so negative towards somebody that may not agree with you 100% on abortion, um, we need to be more uh, loving and winsome in our arguments why we believe abortion is wrong and it's killing a baby. And it seems like some of the people that... And don't get me wrong, I mean, you and I both agree that abortion is wrong, and it's a killing of a baby. But there's the way our society is right now is we're not going to win the argument by saying you're killing a baby, because they don't, they don't no. even consider Agree. a baby in the world. No, it, so, no you, the way you have to approach it, and I've said it numerous times here, is, you know, Dan, you, you, you have to come back and, and you know, basically say, uh, do you value life? You know, do you enjoy right. life? Do you enjoy your own life? Do you enjoy the life of your children or your grandchildren if they're of that age? I mean, you, to your point, there's all sorts of ways we can get to where we want to go without basically saying, ah, yeah, abortion, you're just killing the unborn. That's not going to help right. us. Well, let's let's use an example, and I can't, I always forget her name up in South Dakota, the governor, okay? Noam, Christy Noam. Yeah, Christy Noam. So about a year or two ago, she vetoed a bill regarding uh, uh, men and, and girls' sports. And the, I don't know if I'm saying this right or not, the vitriol towards her and the hatred towards her for vetoing that bill was pretty, pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, she did sign a bill that protects women and girls in sports, uh, either this year or within the last six months, and, of course, the people that were all against her and giving her a hard time and, and saying she's a horrible governor and yada, 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 um, she did sign the bill, and they, they talked to her. Uh, Dana Lash had talked to her. I heard the interview, and she said the reason why she vetoed that bill is because it wouldn't stand up in court. And she, so right. what she said is, I, I did executive orders 
until the legislature could get their act together and put me a bill, put a bill on my desk that I could sign that I knew would stand up in court. Right, but everybody else, same- a lot of the folks, even, even some folks call into this show that were just upset with her, thinking she did the wrong thing, blah, 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 blah. And I think I even said the same thing at the time. I was like, you know, hang on, time out. What she's really trying to do is make sure that all of the ducks are in a row before she, you know, goes down that path. And by the way, she ended up being very smart in what she did there. Yeah, and so what, what my point is, is does Joe Day, you mean, we may not agree with him on abortion. And, and on we do, we, yo, I'll say it this way. We do not agree with Joe on abortion. Does it mean I'm not going to vote for Joe in the upcoming Senate race? I'm going to vote for Joe in the upcoming Senate, Senate race, in the Senate race, despite the disagreement he and I have on that. Okay, what I'm, what I'm going to say, though, can we sit down and have a discussion with Joe, or can we sit down and have a discussion with, with uh, Mr. Bennett, and who is more likely going to listen to us? Would Joe listen to us? Yep. Or would Michael Bennett listen to us? Joe is more likely and, to listen. And by the way, this is a th- something else I'm going to say, and I know people aren't going to like me saying this. I would not even have that discussion until after, if Joe wins, I would have that discussion after he wins, because I will tell you right now, Joe's position moving forward and gaining that independent voter that's in the middle that we still have to win over to get him elected as senator of the great state of Colorado. Frankly, Dan, I I know people are going to like me saying this. I wouldn't change I wouldn't change who Joe is right at this moment in time because if you do, he's liable to not get elected. Right, and I there's there's going to be a way to approach this uh, again if there's a. And I was thinking about this when I was getting ready to leave work, is who's to say that the left isn't throwing some of these independent candidates in the mix to get votes away from the Republicans so they remain in power? So, you know, they may appear to be conservative, but maybe they're not. And if they, you know, if they throw another candidate in the governor's race, and I'm not saying that's the case, but it may be the case, then they're going to take... They know they're going to take the votes away from the Republican candidate, mm-hmm. and that'll just give more votes to Polis. So That's right. they know they know they they probably know us better than we know ourselves. Is what I'm saying, and they know how to strategize and how to manip. I don't. I guess I'll say it. Manipulate us. Yes. To where yes. We're going to good word. To, we're going to continue continue to lose. Good choice of words. So, the other thing that yeah. they did, and, and Dan, real quick, I haven't talked about this yet, but you just reminded me of something. I was going to talk about it last week, but never got around to it. So the everybody wondered, why did the Democrats get involved in even that Senate primary race? Because what they did was they put a bunch of money into it, made it look like they wanted Hanks to win, which, by the way, I think they did. In a way, that backfired on them because Joe became the winner, not Hanks. On the same token, they won because in doing what they did, Joe had to spend a lot more money to still win that Senate primary race against Hanks and in turn drained his coffers, which means we need to try to refill those as much as we can. So believe it or not, Dan, even though they didn't win, they did. Right. And um, and, and by the way, it's because of our own stupidity 
on our side that they've been able to do that. Be, you know, because we are so divided at times, if we would have just gotten behind one of those particular gentlemen, Joe, by the way, being the guy we got behind, if we'd have gotten behind him in the first place, if he'd have thought he could have won at the convention, we wouldn't have had two people. You wouldn't have had a primary. They wouldn't have been able to spend any money. If they did, it would have been, it would have been just against Joe in general. He still would have won that seat, you know, that primary seat, and we wouldn't be where we're at today. But because of our own stupidity, we're now here where we are, Dan. Yeah, and it's, you know what we need to do, and I don't know how to do this because I'm not involved in politics. Our leadership, we have not won elections for a long time, and it's time for leadership of the Republican Party to step down and get somebody in there who is smart enough to figure out how to galvanize the party, how to get everybody behind these candidates. They're not going to be perfect, like you said. None of us are. Nope. And and get get people in office, or we're going to continue to have yep. a poll list. And, and we're going to have. No, you're Dan. Dan you're 100 percent correct. That's you are. And again, I. I am by no means throwing my name in the ring because most of the party doesn't like me, so it can't be me. But I'm going to say it this way, not not because I'm trying to brag or anything along those lines, but we have to find someone that thinks like I do in regards to running the party or we're going to continue to lose, Dan. Right, and isn't that, isn't it Ken Buck who was elected to be... That was a disaster. Party? We don't want that again. Right, so did he step down because he wasn't going to... He was going to do two jobs, and you can't do two jobs. No. You, you won't do one, or you'll like the one and hate the other. That's right. another biblical concept. You can't serve two masters. No, that that was a disaster. So, and, 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 I, and I, you know what? I'm, and I'll, I'll go on record again saying this. I mean, our own party, Dan, everybody knows about this show. Everybody knows what we talk about on pretty much a daily basis. I have never once since, in Geo, since Steve House left GOP leadership. I have not once heard from a single GOP leader wanting to come on air, wanting to talk about a certain issue, a certain candidate, promote the GOP agenda. I have not heard from a local GOP individual one single time about coming on this program. Dan, what is wrong with that picture? Uh, I have no idea unless they're ingrained and they don't want to, they're just, I hate to say this, but they're probably making the bucks, and why do they want to do it? Just like the Democrats do. Um, and we need people that realize if we if we want this state to turn purple and then hopefully eventually red, we got to do things different. We can't keep doing yep. the same thing we're doing all, over and over. And they'll say, well, you need to get involved. You need to do this. Well, you try to get involved, and it's a good old boy. It club, is. And that's, it and is. That's, the betrayal, that's the betrayal that the liberals... Yep. have betrayed the yep. Republican Party, and it's like you don't want to vote for the good old boys because all they care about is their money, and they're not going to care for the people, and yada, yada, yada. And and how stupid has the Republican Party been for the last 50, 60 years? In this, did, in this state, did, very, and, and I'll go on record saying this as well, Dan, there's a lot of folks locally that don't like the National Party. I'm going to tell you what, though. At least as a talk show host, I hear from the National Party on a pretty routine basis about people that want to come on air, that they want to get on air and talk to us and so on. They know the power of our program. So on a national basis, I hear a lot more from the GOP than I do the locals. Imagine that. Go figure. Yeah, so it's, I don't know what we need to do, but. We need new leadership, Dan. I can tell you that right now. This state needs new leadership some way, somehow. 
know that, but how do we go about doing that? That's my question. And who, you know. Great question. Yeah. I don't know. And by the way, Dan, I don't know that I have that answer because somehow you got to infiltrate the good old boys club to make some change. And what I mean by good old boys club is people that are so hardcore on the right, they cannot see the big picture. They cannot see the win picture. They don't know what a win light even is. They're so dead set on doing things their way. They forget about any way, shape or form to win. Somehow we got to infiltrate that and change it or we're going to be stuck here in Colorado, I'm afraid. Yes, we are. So I, I don't know how else to say it, but Dan, thanks. And I, I appreciate your support. I should have said that earlier, too. A lot of you texted me at the top of the hour to make sure that my blood pressure was okay, that I wasn't, you know, uh, you know, going into, you know, defib or anything along those lines. And, no, I was okay, and I can get excited from time to time. Anybody that knows me knows that I can get very, very passionate about certain things. And as I said in the last hour, I hate losing. Yes, I want to strategize. To Dan's point a moment ago, we, and I, I'll just say it straight up. We need new leadership, even as a GOP in Colorado. And I'm saying it straight up. When I, as a host of, in my opinion, one of the most popular evening conservative shows in Denver, the longest-running conservative show in Denver, I can say that. That's not boastful. It's just the truth. We are the longest-running three-to-six show, three-to-seven show in Denver along this whole front-range area, period. And yet, yet, I never hear from anyone inside the local Colorado GOP. Not a peep. And by the way, it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. You all know that. Anybody that ever wants to come on air, pretty easy to get a hold of me. I'm on every list there is. I've got a website out there. We talk about it every single day. KLZ Radio, you can go there, find me there. I mean, you can Google my name, John Rush Denver, and find me within a blink of an eye. If the GOP leadership, Christy herself, wanted to get a hold of me, I am not hard to get a hold of. And yet, yet... I never hear from them. Folks, I'm telling you, until that changes, until that changes, we're not winning anything. So for all of you out there that email me this, email me that, I got to support this, I got to support that, I got to talk about this, I got to talk about that, you know what, until that changes, it don't make a hill of beans bit of difference. And as long as I keep getting emails like I got this morning, basically saying don't support Joe O'Day because of X, Y, and Z, and we don't have the courage to step out there and figure out who sent it, we're done. Extreme Auto Repair is coming up next, folks. They want to help you with all of your vehicle needs. And they've got loaner cars. They've got a towing company where they can tow your car if needed. They can do full engine replacement, transmission replacement, diesel work. You name it, they can do it all. And they sell Cooper tires at cost. As well. KLZRadio.com, 303-841-1071. Go with your gut. You know when an estimate from a mechanic doesn't feel right. Maybe they're telling you to fix a bunch of stuff you didn't even know was broken. Maybe their prices seem surprisingly high. The team at Extreme Auto Repair in Parker will give you a second opinion for free, so you know what's reasonable and what's not. They can typically beat the prices of their competitors, but they won't hold it against you if you decide to go back to the first guy. Either way, you have the peace of mind. The team at Extreme Auto Repair wants to keep you safe and help your vehicle last longer, but they never want to pressure you into repairs that you don't really need. So with every estimate, the team at Extreme Auto Repair will give you a priority list, showing you all of your recommended maintenance items in order, from most to least important. That way, you decide what you want to take care of now and what can wait until later. Free second opinions at klzradio.com slash extreme. Promises kept. 
The quiet, cool system I mentioned earlier, you take a day like today where now it's 75 degrees. It was in the you know low 60s, mid-60s most of the day. That would have saved you a ton of money today if you had one. So find out how to get that done at your home. $300 off that deal right now. 720-526-0231 or klzradio.com. It pays off to be cool when you make an investment with a quiet, cool fan system. You keep the heat away and get your money back in energy savings. You get a return on your energy efficiency when you get a quiet cool system installed by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air that pays for itself with how much money you can save. Quiet cool systems save you between 50 and 90% on your air conditioning costs. The motor inside works efficiently to pull hot, stuffy air out of the house and replace it with clean, fresh air. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, whole house fans, including your new quiet cool, are the most energy efficient way to cool your home. With the energy savings from your quiet cool installation done by the experts at Absolute, you'll be paying yourself back for years to come. Invest in energy efficiency now. Call today at 720-526-0231. Mention KLZ and you'll get a $300 rebate when your install is completed. Again, that's 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right. High Five Plumbing is next. They're looking for help. They'll also take care of all of your plumbing needs as well. You name it, they're there for you. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or klzradio.com. You thought having a kitchen next to your garden was a fantasy. That was until you had help installing it from the experts at High Five Plumbing. They took care of your outdoor kitchen sinks and an irrigation system for your garden. You even added a new fountain so your backyard looks and feels picture perfect. All thanks to the behind-the-scenes work from the High Five Techs. You thought about trying to do the install, but you're inexperienced. And with the amount you already invested in the project, it would be a risky and unnecessary hassle. Besides, with expert plumbers who attend trainings weekly, you feel confident knowing you will be treated right and the work will be done correctly. The last step to finish your new outdoor oasis is only a call away with outdoor plumbing services from High Five. Don't miss out on the waived dispatch fee for KLZ listeners only. Call 877-934-4445 or 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. Does your life seem hectic? Do you live paycheck to paycheck? Do you have trouble achieving your goals? John Rush can help you get your personal affairs in order by using his 40 years of knowledge and experience in the business, nonprofit, and coaching worlds. Your business or career is an extension of your daily life, and without success in your daily life, you can't make lasting improvements to your business, your nonprofit, or your career. Get your personal and or professional life dialed in with guidance from John Rush who is a small business owner and business-slash-life consultant. This unique offering gives you the chance to learn inside secrets of executive functioning directly from a successful professional and thought leader. The help you will gain in the planning of your personal affairs from John Rush is invaluable, especially if you own your own business. Remember, your business is an extension of you. Email John now to learn how he can help you. John at RushMediaInc.com. That's John at RushMediaInc.com. Get your life back today. Suck it up, buttercup. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, we are back. Scott Garlis joining us now from Stansbury Research. Scott, welcome. How are you? 
Hey, Chella, well, how are you today? I'm <laughs> good. Are you surviving the uh, the day of, uh, yeah, I guess, the barrage of not only you know interest rate hikes yesterday, but news today on the GDP and the White House claiming, you know, hey, look over here at the shiny thing because we're not in a recession. I mean, I kind of feel like that's what's happening. Let's just, you know, let's try to, you know, divert as much as we can and not really hit head on what's going on. We're, we're in a transition. Yeah, there we go. Transition. You got it. There we go. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the technical recession is two quarters of consecutive declining economic growth. And, and, and we've seen contract contraction the last two quarters. And if we combine those two together, make sure my math is correct, it's three points plus, right? Uh, you know what? I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I get, you know, if I recall correctly, the first quarter was 1.6%. I thought it was two something. And then, uh, unless there was a revision that I missed, I thought it was, it was revised down to 1.6%. Okay, so it was 1.6, and then we add another... You know, point nine were in the high twos, anyways. Yeah, yeah, we're two five, and and look, you know, uh, I just you knew this was coming earlier in the week when the yep. White House is out yep. messaging like, hey, you know, two quarters in a row is a recession. Like, are you serious? And uh, it's it's sort of like what we've heard the last couple of months. Um, it's Corrine uh, Jean Pierre, the White House press secretary. She ahead of the CPI numbers. She's like, you know, these things it could be elevated, and then it could be really elevated. And it's obvious that the, the CPI was going to be higher than it was. I mean, the the problem is for these guys right now. It's just it's kind of disaster after disaster, and they're having a hard time messaging it away. And so they're trying to to spin it any way they can. But look, it's. People always look at two quarters in a row of contraction as a technical recession, and that's what we got. What did Wall Street? I didn't look today to see where you know where they came in. I know at one point they were a little above. I don't know if they you know where that trended the rest of the day. Where did they end up? Yeah, in terms of uh, stock market yeah, performance, just a performance today. Yeah, uh, yeah no, the, the, the markets took it all in stride. I mean, uh, the S and P five hundred ended up one point two percent on the day. Okay. Um, the NASDAQ ended up, bear with me one second, please, uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, but the, the NASDAQ in Dow, similar performance. Um, the NASDAQ gained another 1.1%, basically. Okay. Um, so we talked about this last week, how there was a recent survey from global fund managers that came out, and their pessimism about economic activity was at all-time highs. So in their minds... They've already anticipated this. They, I feel like everybody and their brother has seen the writing on the wall except for the Fed and the White House. Um, and you and I have talked about this for several months now that we're headed into a recession. And lo and behold, it's here. Right. So in terms of Wall Street, it's kind of like, a, you know, they've been, they've been selling stocks on the way down in anticipation of this. And now that it's here, they're kind of, They've already sort of forecast what things will look like. Their models have gotten there. And, and so now that they know what's going on and they have an idea of how things are playing out, they, they're sort of uncertainty. You sell on uncertainty and you buy as things become more certain. And I feel like that's what's playing out at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I wasn't shocked at what you just told me a moment ago because these guys anticipate things well before they come. Even the Fed hike, you know, didn't really do 
a ton because, you know, they've been talking about it. You and I have been talking about it for weeks. We knew they were going to do it. They did it. I, I think a bigger question remains, you know, what will they do in the next one? And will they find out by then that, you know, because we're officially in a recession, and I know it really all comes down to inflation numbers and so on. My only issue there that I, I'm not, I'm not positive of because I, I just you know that world better than I. I don't think inflation is going to be in check. And what does the Fed do in response to that in the next meeting? Yeah, so I, I think you have to go uh, consider that the meeting next meeting is in September. Um, I think you have to have an expectation that we're we're going to see another uh, fifty basis point or zero point five percent hike in September. So interest rates will be at three percent. Um, so Wall Street is anticipating that, and they're looking at that right now as, you know, hey, yes, they're going to hike again, but it's going to be the slower pace. So if you start to look at some of the forward inflation metrics, the, one of the easiest ones to look at is gasoline prices. Mm-hmm. They are still up, but the pace of growth in July versus last July is, uh, I believe I want to say the numbers are 40, it's up 45%. And if you look at last June, um, the pace of growth was 60%. So, yes, numbers are still going up, but they're not as bad. And then one of the other big things you can look at is, uh, is housing prices. And if you look at median new home sales, which also I believe it came out yesterday, maybe the day prior, they dropped from $457,000 two months ago to four hundred two five dollars uh, in June. Hmm. So, so what these things are sort of signaling to the Fed, the Federal Reserve looks at their policy as, hey, you know, we we make these changes, and it typically takes six to eight months before this plays out. Right. So they started in March, and we're getting data, you know, there's lag on data. We're getting data for June, and we're getting some for July. And what you're seeing is, obviously, a slowdown is taking place. Um, What we just got today in terms of GDP is is very evident. Um, But so to the Fed... That's going to start telling the economists at the Fed that, hey, you know what, our policies are starting to have some effect. I mean, the Fed has told us they, they want to see unemployment go up. Um, you know, they, they want to see things cool off because if unemployment goes up, people have less money in their pockets, right. less demand. I mean, right. as crazy as that sounds, the economy's in a great spot. Uh, but so we're also seeing this in jobless claims. Jobless claim numbers keep creeping up every week. They just, last week, they revised the number higher. Today, that was the highest number we've seen all year. Mm. And this week's number was close. And then what we're hearing right now during corporate earnings seasons from the likes of Apple, Microsoft, Google, all these major companies, they're putting the brakes on their hiring plans. Mm -hmm. And they're also, also putting the brakes on spending plans. So, yeah, I mean, I would think that the quarter coming after this, if things keep going the way they are, there's a good shot we're going to see contraction. Now, on top of that, though, we've got White House coming out today. I watched, you know, the president's speech today or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to now throw another three-quarter of a billion or, sorry, three-quarters of a trillion dollars, you know, back into the economy. And, you know, we've you know, got a guy that calls in from Jersey all the time, and Joe is basically saying, you know, their way of fixing inflation is to just, it's like a fire that you're just going to throw more, more straw and wood on. I mean, yeah. the, these guys are trying to put out inflation by adding more, more money into it. And, and Scott, I, I'm just, I, I'm befuddled by that. I mean, it seems to me like they're just trying to crash things even worse, not help it. 
Yeah, so, you know, I, when I see, hear stuff like that and I had look at, so let's go back to GDP numbers for a minute. Like, if you break down the GDP numbers and you look at goods consumption, you can see if you look back to the second quarter of 2021 when all the stimulus money started coming out, goods consumption exploded 33% higher. But that was a growth, and it's been steadily down ever mm-hmm. since. And it's, it's, now, it's now negative, and especially durable goods. So the, the problem with this is it, it's causing inflation. You have to take your pain medicine at some time, and spending more is, is not going to help that out. It's going to make it worse. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, I just it's again, it's any positives you've made in inflation reduction and trying to get things back on track. Yeah. Adding three quarters of a trillion dollars back into it, it, it's it's just like throwing gasoline on a fire that's starting to go out. Totally. And so what I what I wonder, my big question is, you know, where's Kirsten Cinema on all this at this point? Mm. Um, because. Some of these proposals that they're they're putting in this new bill, whatever they want to call it, is uh, there's some things that she's been against, uh, like taxes and some of the healthcare stuff. So she right now it seems like cinema is probably going to be the big roadblock to getting this done, you know. And with the slim margin they have in the Senate, it only takes one. True. You know. And then my other question would be, you know, are there are there guys or gals or whoever it is, you know? that are pretty upset with Joe Manchin for everything that they feel like he stymied them for the last couple of years, and are they going to be willing to go along with something that Manchin endorses? My guess is they would, but you never know. I mean, this this was a bit of a surprise that Mitch McConnell was saying, you know, we're not going to do the CHIPS Act if you're going to do this other stuff. Manchin endorsed the CHIPS Act and then, turned around and said, okay, we got to deal with the White House on this, this spending bill. Um, my policy buddies who work in D.C. said the fact that that never got out there, it, it, it's one of the best-kept secrets they've ever seen. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and again, I know, we don't have a crystal ball. Time will tell. Uh, although today's announcement, and I know that they, I know it's just an announcement. I know that doesn't mean that all the details are worked out and it's become you know, law, uh, you know, it's a bill currently. It'll it'll be in the House, as we know. It'll most likely pass the House. It'll then have to go to the Senate, oh, yeah. much like you said a moment ago, and there may be some opposition there. And and we always say that, you know, it's it's Cinema and Mansion. Well, you know, there's some others out there that could look at this and say, wait a minute, I've got a primary coming up here in a few months. I, I need to be careful what's going on. And if this thing, you know, if inflation and what's going on in my in my state can be directly related back to a vote I made, I might lose my job. Some of those guys and gals might change. Uh, totally. Uh, you know, I, I think what you mentioned got, there's like a gas pipeline from West Virginia or something in there that, that that's what he's really angling for. Um you know, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, there there have to be others that obviously inflation is a major problem for everybody in this country right now. And I think the last thing you want to do, what are we uh, four months out from the from the election? Three and three and change. Yes, yeah, three and some last change. Thing, yeah. You, last thing you do is leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth right before they, they go to vote. Real quick, the other yeah. thing in it that I again, I this is another one where I'm guessing that it might get stripped on the Senate side may has may pass the House side, but I guarantee I would be shocked 
if this stays in the Senate side, that's this 15% corporate minimum tax Biden's proposing. I don't see that one staying in all the way through the Senate, regardless if the if this thing passes or not, Scott. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you. And it's the thing with, um, you know, I kind of get uh, soured on some of this rhetoric about how oh, big companies paying their fair share and all this stuff. I mean, I just feel like that can be populist rhetoric sometimes. It's, it's, it's not that I'm saying everything corporations think is great, but it's it's easy to pipe up and say that. But at the end of the day, we may slap taxes on these corporations. It just what gets really passed on to us as customers, Scott. That's what I've always looked at and said. So honestly, I don't care if a, I don't care if a corporation ever pays a tax. That's exactly right, and you and I wind up coming out of our pocket. That's right. That's right. So I'm one that says I, you know, honestly, I don't care if they. Don't you know? First of all, they pay their fair share in so many other ways. I, as an owner, know that they pay property tax, they pay matching FICA tax, they pay all sorts of other things that everybody forgets about. And honestly, Scott, I could care less if they pay an ounce, an ounce of income tax, knowing all the other taxes they pay to keep this economy going. So, frankly, I really could care less because at the end of the day, you and I are paying it anyways. Yeah, let's let's keep people employed. I mean, that's, that's right. Comes down to, that's right, Scott. Yeah. How do folks find you? I need to leave that uh, before we leave. So, how do they find sure. you? Stansberryinvestor.com. Um, come check out our free stuff. Come check out our paid stuff. We're there to help the little guy. And hey, Johnny, can I plug one more thing? Yes. Really quickly too? Yes. So for anybody, you know, we just talked about inflation. We just talked about recession. And, you know, for self-help investors out there that are, that are worried about any of these things, I would look at a company like McDonald's. Um, yeah. Because if the economy does get even worse, you know, what we saw in past recessions is yeah. McDonald's is a place that people find True. they can buy a meal cheaper than they can at the store. So True. it's True. just a good, safe place to put money. Great point. Thanks, as always, Scott. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Look forward to All it. All right, man. Take care. Have a good night. Flesh and Beck is up next. Kevin Flesh, for all of your legal needs, give Kevin a call today. It's F-L-E-S-C-H, fleshlawfirm.com. Call 303-806-8886. Get relief from Flesh and Beck. You just got in an accident, so you call the police. You make sure you get a thorough record of the scene. Then after the initial adrenaline wears off, your mind starts to swirl with all the things you need to do. Insurance claims, car repairs, doctor visits, medical bills, on top of the physical pain you're in. Flesh and Beck will give you relief from the financial stress so that you can focus on healing. Call Flesh and Beck immediately after your accident for a free consultation. Then you can rest while they talk to your insurance company. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh will relieve your burden of financial worries. All you need to do is call him right now. 303-806-8886. Call Kevin Flesh immediately after your accident and get relief from the financial stress of an injury. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. Denver IT Security, make sure that your network is secure, your people act like they're supposed to, you're secure, and most importantly, your business is secure. DenverITSecurity.com slash KLZ. Get an evaluation done today or go to klzradio.com. Keeping your company's email system safe from hackers requires constant vigilance, meaning your staff needs to be kept aware of the signs of this threat. The team at Denver IT Security will customize a program helping to prevent mistakes that could lead to costly email infiltrations. Business email compromise or email hijacking is a growing problem. Hackers log into your email system, read through past conversations, then start a conversation with one of your contacts, pretending to be you. They may send an invoice to be paid through a wire transfer or ask for sensitive information to be provided. 
By changing some settings in your email software, they keep these conversations hidden so you won't even know it's happening. Some will even change the phone number in your signature, hoping the victims call them, thinking they're calling you. To learn more about this growing threat, schedule a free consultation now at denveritsecurity.com slash KLZ. Golden Eagle Financial, Al Smith, we just talked about financial things, inflation, where are you going, what do you invest in, all those different things. And unless you're a day trader like Scott was talking about, which most are not, give Al Smith a call today, Golden Eagle Financial, 303-744-1128. A trustworthy advisor who is well-equipped to manage your assets before and after your retirement is essential in ensuring the longevity of your nest egg. Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial has a fiduciary duty to act in your best interests, so he cannot allow his own motives to interfere with the satisfactory fulfillment of that duty. Al knows the stress of planning for retirement and the worry that comes along with the proper allocation of your wealth. Giving you affirmation is one of his top priorities when working with something as valuable as assets that in most cases took a lifetime to accumulate. So when you place a portion of your assets under management with Al Smith, you'll know your money is positioned well. Al Smith makes you feel safeguarded from potential situations that could affect your financial health regardless of your retirement status. Make an appointment with Al Smith now. Visit klzradio.com money or call Al Smith at 303-744-1128. That's 303-744-1128. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance can help you shop the market so that you get the right coverage at the right price. Whether it is your home, auto, classic car, or liability insurance, GIA has got you covered. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. Stay up to date with Rush to Reason after the show on Twitter at Rush to Reason. All right, we'll uh, get things wrapped up here. In closing, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, who we've all heard through some of the January 6th trials, and she was supposed to be the bomb that dropped that, you know, basically proved all of the guilt of Trump. Well, interestingly enough, they have now found out that prior to having this big conversion of hers, she joked about the riot, called the J6 committee phony, and praised Trump. All before changing her story. She's a phony, folks. So is the whole January 6th headhunt. Tomorrow, movies. Andy will do DC League of Super Pets and Vengeance. And then at 4 o'clock during the movie rental hour, we're going to do your favorite superheroes. But what I'm going to tell you to do is think outside the box. And think outside the uh, the old tights and cape. That's probably what I should say. So let us know what your favorite superhero is. You can text those in as well. 307-200-8222. Guys, have a great night. First hour is up next with Dr. Kelly and Steve House. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.